I wish you could have been here a week or so ago because I was in this building, standing over there in front of those pews with about 41 students from the Renaissance Charter School. And uh, when they come in, they're pretty excited because it's like a field trip. They're getting out of school for an hour. And uh, one thing we do when they sit over here in these rows, five or six, seven rows, we usually sing a song or two. And uh, one of the songs we have been fun singing is this one. Some of you know it as, I've got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. And we sort of changed it. Notice the X's. The X's are in there to make it more interesting. Whenever you see an X, you're supposed to clap once. Think you can handle that on a Sunday morning? So where you see an X, you clap. Same way here. Where you see an X, let's back it up. So whenever you see an X, clap. And I think to do this more effectively, I think we better have you stand up. You're being too comfortable. Stand up. And I apologize. I forgot my chocolate bars. Usually, usually I have my little cooler with bite-sized chocolate bars. And sometimes I say to the kids, if I see somebody clapping at the right time, we'll give you a chocolate bar. So I apologize. I forgot my chocolate bars. But let's see how you can do this morning. Uh, sing with the CD. You'll hear the kids singing. Sing it out. Clap on the X's. Here we go. See if you can handle it. Here we go. I've got the joy, joy down in my heart. Down in. Huh? Down in. I've got the joy, joy down in my heart. Down in my to stay. And I'm so, so very I have the love of Jesus. And I'm so, so very, I have the love of Jesus. Okay, let's try this verse, a little bit different. Watch it, here we go. Got the love of Jesus, love of Jesus down in. Where? Down in. Huh? Down in my, got the love of Jesus, love of Jesus. Down in my heart to stay, and I'm so, so very, I have the love of Jesus, and I'm so, so very, I have the love. Now here comes the tricky part, see if you can get all the words. Got the mighty Messiah that manifests miracles down in the depths of my heart, down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart, the mighty Messiah that manifests miracles down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart to stay. And I'm so, so very, I have the love of Jesus. I'm so, so very, I have the love of Jesus in my Okay, this is your last chance. Here we go again. I've got the joy, joy, down in my heart. Down in my, where? Down in. I've got the joy, joy, down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so, so very, I have the love of Jesus. Yes, I'm so, so very, I have the love of Jesus. I have the love of Jesus in my heart.
heart. Very, take a seat. Good job. I'm, good job. <clears throat> First thing I need to say is a big thank you to First Baptist of Mount Pleasant as one of your missionaries. We uh, thank you for your faithful prayer and financial support. And to say thank you in a more tangible way, we'd like to invite you to our, it's called a RBM Thank You Banquet and Concert on April 11th, 630 at Alma, Trinity Church in Alma. We have a special meal catered in for you to enjoy. No tickets needed, no cost. Uh, Living Truth will be there for special music. It's going to be a great evening just to give you updates what's happening with RBM in your area. And I trust you'll sign up when the sheet is put on bulletin board, sign up to come be with us that night. And I'd like to see 20 or 30 from your church. It's not that far to Alma. Well, probably 25 churches represented. So come join us so we can say thank you at our banquet that night. When I think of your church, I always think of the words of the greatest missionary of all time, Paul. Because in Philippians, I'll just read the verses to you. He said this. He said, I thank, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. The key word there is partnership. You've been partnering with us for about 40, 41, 42 years In fact, when it says there from the first day until now, when I think of the first day I served with RBM Ministries, you probably didn't know this, but my very, very first release time Bible class I ever did in my life was in your church 42 years ago. I'll never forget it. If you don't know what a release time Bible class is, in the state of Michigan, Boys and girls can be released from the public school to come to a church like this during the school day for religious instruction. We call it release time Bible classes. My first class ever in my life was here in your basement. I'll never forget. I think you had a bus at that time. And I drove it to, what's the school that's down here this direction? It was Mary McGuire Elementary School. I drove the bus down there by myself, didn't have any helpers, picked up about 15 kids. (laughs) And those 15 kids didn't know what a seat was for. (laughs) They were all over that bus. And I thought to myself, what have I gotten into? (laughs) They came back, went to the basement, uh, sat down in chairs for a few seconds, And finally, when I got to the Bible story, they finally calmed down a little bit. I finished that first class, took them back to school, had my lunch. Then I went to, I think it was Poland Elementary, picked up those kids, and they were a lot better. I was encouraged. (laughs) But I'll never forget that was my first class ever, and uh, what a ride since. And like I said, I wish you could have been here We had 41 kids over here. Have a great time teaching the Word of God. Also, thank you for helping us purchase this bus two years ago. It's a 2010 International 
only had 47,000 miles on it, uh, 71 passenger. I'm using it more than I thought I would. Uh, more churches are getting rid of buses, so we don't have buses to use. I'm so thankful I have this dependable bus. I bring it up here now and pick up the kids in one trip. Uh, we're driving it for about 1,300 miles a month. So we're putting on the miles. We have 60,000 miles on it now. So thanks for helping us get this bus. It's so dependable. We enjoy using it. And as far as other praise notes, uh, you probably know this. We're having school classes in 28 districts, release time Bible classes. To give you an idea where these classes are, the farthest north we go is Beaverton and Gladwin. The farthest south we go is St. John's. The farthest east we go is Lapeer. And the farthest west we go is almost to Carson City. And all the areas in between. 28 school districts. So we're reaching kids from just over 50 elementary schools. We'll leave the school, come to a nearby church. 41 classes a month. Last year, our largest month was this many kids. 1,850 students, our biggest month. So far this year, our largest class month has uh, probably been 1,600. But I also, I'm really encouraged about December, what happened? Because in December, we taught 1,500 students, 135 accepted Christ. Now, when you see that number, 135, they prayed, asked the Lord Jesus to come into their life. That's just the beginning. That's just the, that's important, but that's just the beginning. In fact, now I'm happy to say Carol is doing our follow-up with these students in the mail. They will get six lessons like this back and forth in the mail with us to show them what it means to be a Christian. These lessons are very well done. Help them step by step learn more about what it means to be a Christian. In the, in the months of VBS last summer, we had 41 kids accept Christ. So all 41 got the first lesson. Some sent the lesson back, some didn't. Out of 41, 10 finished all six. You say, that's not very many. That's better than in the past. <laughs> Would you pray that the 135 we're sending lessons to now, back and forth, will finish all six. I have a special prize for them if they finish all six. And I was just at a school yesterday at, or Friday at Ashley. A couple of girls came up to me and said, I'm on lesson four. I'm on lesson five. They love to get letters in the mail. So pray that the parents won't lose the lessons. Pray that the kids will get it done, send it back, so we can send them the next lesson. Very effective follow-up ministry. I want to say to you a great job you've done here. Like I said, 41 students from the Renaissance and a great job to those who help here. Mentioned, remember I said when I had my first class here, I was by myself. We can't do that anymore. We can't be alone with a bunch of kids anymore because of accusations. We have to have helpers. I'm so thankful when I come here, church is always unlocked. Helpers are here. Thank you to the helpers. Uh, I have faithful helpers every place I go, probably 70, 75 different helpers. So thank you. A great job. Appreciate your help. And I have this up here, too, because that's a school in Vassar. It's over by Frankenmuth. Sort of sad. 
Franken, uh, Vassar schools in 40 years of having class have never given out the permission slip for us. See, at the Renaissance in September, every student gets a slip like that, explains to the parent what the class is, they simply sign it, return it to the school, and the school honors the parent's signature, releases the students. Vassar schools have never given those out for us. There's out of 28 districts, there's four districts who do not give out the slips for us. Vassar's one. Davison is one over by Flint. Alma is one. And St. John's. Four districts do not give out the slips. Would you pray that somehow they might change that decision to give out the slips for us? I guess I should also mention in St. John's, two years ago, they made an interesting change. They were giving out the slips for us, but at St. John's, to keep up with the times, now the parents have to find that online. They have to find it online, copy it, print it, sign it, return it to the school. You may say, you may say well, that sounds good. Well, for Christian people, church people, that's fine. They'll search to find it. The unchurched aren't going to search to find it. It's much more effective if that comes home in the hand of a child. They'll see it right there. So would you pray that that decision by St. John's to go online with everything, that's Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, baseball, whatever, they have to go online and find it. I guess that's the new generation. No paper. Would you pray that that doesn't happen in other districts? Because if it does, what happened in St. John's, our attendance was more than cut in half because the unchurched won't look for it. So pray that doesn't happen in other districts. We can still give those out to every student. Sometimes people ask me, when you get the kids here, what curriculum do you use? Our mission headquarters is in Kalamazoo. We have writers there writing our material. They give us the Bible story, suggested plan for teaching it, and a visual aid that it's up to us. For example, last school year we taught this series. We said to the kids, we serve or please God by, and every month we completed that phrase. For example, one month we taught, we please God by receiving his grace. And the Bible story that month dealt with what grace is. And then the second month that year, we taught them we please God by praying. I think the story was Nehemiah, because you remember Nehemiah, he prayed to God at any time, any place about everything. We taught him what praying is. And then at the Christmas time, we said the same phrase, we please God by giving ourselves. That's what Mary and Joseph did in the Christmas story. They gave themselves completely to God. And then in January, for example, that same year last year, we taught we please God by giving to others. When I take this off, you'll see what that Bible story was about giving to others. So that's the curriculum we use. And sometimes people ask me, why are you convinced release time Bible class is so important? If I were to put it 
in one sentence, why is released on Bible class so important? I would put it this way. It's important because the Spirit of God uses the Word of God, and the result is boys and girls becoming children of God. That's, in a nutshell, why it's so important. Let me give you an example. You probably never heard of a town called Twining. <laughs> That's uh, Aranac Eastern School District. You go to uh, Standish and go about 45 miles northwest, little town of Twining, just a crossroads. The school is super small. From K to 12, <clears throat> 125, 150 students. K to 12. Here's what happened there last year. My first class, we had about 30 students, which is a good number from a small school. 30 kids came in, sat in the church, and the pastor asked them this question. He said, you 30 boys and girls, how many of you were in church last Sunday? Out of 30, maybe one or two. That was all raised their hands. So the pastor said to his church people, these kids need to be in church on Sunday. So he challenged them, little church, 50 people. Let's save our money. Let's buy a little bus or van and pick up kids on Sunday. They saved their money. They bought a van, as you see here, and now they're doing this every Sunday. A lot of those kids have accepted Christ. Some have been baptized. Now parents are coming. Their attendance now is like, used to be 40, 50, now it's up to 80 or 90. The church is growing as a result of a release time Bible class. That's why it's so important. Let me give you another reason why I think it's so important. What happened last April at Merrill, if you know where Merrill is, down by west of Saginaw. Merrill has a big class of 120 kids. We have three classes back to back. One of those three classes was 40 third graders. And it was April, so I was teaching the Easter story. Death, burial, resurrection of Christ. After I told the Bible story, I said, now, because Jesus died for your sin, was buried and rose again, he's the only one who has the power and the right and the authority to forgive you of your sins. You just have to trust him and ask him. In fact, with their heads bowed and their eyes closed, I said, if you'd like to trust him to be your savior, we could show you how. You could just slip out of your seat, make your way to the back, and somebody will take the Bible and show you step by step. You can have Jesus come into your life. When I gave the invitation, 43rd graders, I noticed some of them peeking to see if anybody else was going back. Nobody did. So I ended in prayer and I said, now, don't forget, you don't have to be in a church to ask the Lord Jesus to come into your life. You can do it at home. Just pray to him and say, I believe you died for my sin. I believe you were buried. I believe you came back to life. And now, Jesus, will you please come into my life? Forgive me my sins. Took him back to school. When the last class was done that day at Merrill, like I always do, I went down the hall, headed for the office to let them know the last group is back safely. As I was going down the hall, I could see kids going to their lockers to get their coats. The day was ended. As I went down the hall, one of those third grade boys saw me, ran, caught up with me, 
grabbed my arm and said, Uncle Bob, guess what I'm going to do when I get home? And I said, what? He said, I'm going to ask God to come into my life. Notice where that happened. In the hallway of a public school. The same public school where back about 1960, the Bible was pretty much kicked out. Prayer was pretty much kicked out. In April, that was a Wednesday afternoon, third grade boy, in the hallway of a public school, I'm going to ask God to come into my life. That happened because of a release time Bible class. That's why I believe they're so important, because we see that happen over and over and over again. And, And I should show you this law. This is what makes it possible. Some of you have seen this before. Notice what the law says. It says the Board of Education, upon written request of the parent, shall, doesn't say they may or may not, it says they shall release from attendance at the public school any child to attend religious and such classes not to exceed two hours per week. That's an amazing law in Michigan. If the parent signs that form, the school must release them. The law's on our side. It says two hours a week. We only do our class once a month. I don't believe we're asking that much. We could be asking two hours a week. And this is during the school day. This is not lunchtime. This is not after school. This is right during the school day. Some of our classes are in the morning. Some are afternoon. For example, here I pick kids up at 1030. Uh, Some classes in the morning and afternoon. As I look at that law, I always ask people to pray. Why would you pray that God's protection would be around that law, that nobody would change it or touch it? The society we live in, it's amazing we can do this. Would you pray that nothing happens to change it? How often should you pray? I ask people this. Every time you see one of these, if you would pray that that law doesn't get touched. If everybody in this room, every time you get stuck behind a school bus, you pray that law doesn't get touched, I think it'll be safe. You see those buses every day, don't you? I feel sorry for Jerry. He drives one every day. (laughs) Pray, pray. I, I believe with all my heart. People like you pray, that law will stay in effect. I've said a lot of things in a few minutes here. Maybe you have a question you've been wanting to ask me for a long time and never had a chance. I'll just throw it open here. If you have any questions, just raise your hand or shout out your question. I'll just take a minute here. Anybody have any questions you're just dying to have an answer to about our ministry or about us? Or about anything. Any questions at all? Just raise your hand. Or sh- yes, right here. Uh, I work at Hillcrest Elementary in Elma, and you were here two weeks ago. So how did Alma students find out about Bible Alma does not give out the slips for us. They used to. Now they don't. So the only way we give out slips is through the churches, through the mailings, whatever ways we can think of. The, the school will have the slips in the hallway in a, in a rack, but... You know how kids are. That's, yeah. 
So good question. So that, if, if the school doesn't give out the slips, that's what we have to do, go through the churches, uh, word of mouth. Uh, we've tried ma- uh, newspapers, very little response. Does, it's not worth the money, sad to say. Good question. Other questions? Here's your chance. Yes? <laughs> Years ago, we had class like at Pullen, Mary McGuire. There was another one. I think there was another. Gander. Gander. Gander yep. Uh, actually, the cooperation from the schools got worse and worse. Uh, they didn't give, did not give up the slips either. And our attendance pretty much dwindled to nothing. So that's... Uh, I've thought about trying to... Uh, at them again, just a matter of getting transportation probably uh, and see what they say now. I assume there's different superintendent now. There might be a different response. But Mount Pleasant, it seemed like it was always a not as good a response. I don't know because it's a college town or what it is, but it seemed like it's always been that way. But the Renaissance, of course, is the opposite. <laughs> Very positive. Yes? Just the elementary, whatever that, every school's different. Usually it's fifth grade, some include sixth, some's only fourth, depends on the district. A couple places I have middle school kids, uh, like in Chestnut, I have fifth and sixth graders coming from the middle school. But usually it's just elementary, yeah. But the law's there, the law's there for any, any grade. Like if a youth pastor, wanted to reach the high school kids, he could use that same law. It's there for any grade, (laughs) any group, any church. Any other questions? I always tell boys and girls, when I get ready for the Bible lesson, I tell them I'm going to show them something from God's word. And since it's God's word, we better pray to him first. So can we stop here together and pray? And I'll get into the word of God with us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray today from this Bible lesson, we would learn what you want us to learn today. So guide us in a special way in these important minutes now. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Whenever I read this Bible story in Mark, I always think of Jesus' birth But of course, he didn't stay a baby. He became a man. He traveled with his disciples. And one day, as interesting, as they were traveling town to town, they met this fellow. You can tell there's something wrong with him. He's got his hand wrapped up. He actually had the dreaded disease of leprosy. Of course, leprosy in those days might start as a sore and spread and spread. And of course, sometimes leprosy was so terrible, it would just eat away your flesh. Sometimes leprosy looked like this or this. It was, and what made it worse, if you had leprosy, you couldn't live in your house. You couldn't live in your town. You were cast out. If you had leprosy like this man and somebody was coming towards him and they didn't know he had leprosy, he would have to shout, Unclean! Unclean! Very contagious leprosy. Amazing what Jesus did, though. He did something nobody else would do. 
Jesus walks right up to him. So close, the man with leprosy looks up and says, Jesus, I know and I believe if you want to, you can take away my leprosy. Then Jesus does something else nobody would do. He reaches out to touch him. And of course, when he touched him, he said, yes, I do take away your leprosy. And of course, when he said that, that man's skin became, I tell the kids, his skin became the skin of a baby, brand new. So changed. That man was so happy. The word spread like fire. Jesus can even take away leprosy. And of course, Jesus was so busy. I put up this picture because if he wanted to be alone, the only chance was early in the morning before anybody else got out of bed. If he wanted to be alone with his father, it had to be early in the morning. And then they would again start bringing more sick people to Jesus like this lady. Thought she was going to die. Jesus simply touches her. And she was so changed. Remember what she did? She gets up. And she fixes dinner for Jesus and his men. Completely healed. And of course the word spread. And they brought more sick to Jesus. So he could touch them. In fact he was so busy. Healing people. One day he said to his men. Let's leave this town. Let's go to another town so I can teach. Notice what he said. He didn't say go to another town so I can heal people. Let's go to another place so I can teach. He didn't just want to be famous because of healing people. He wanted to teach people who he was, the son of God. So they left that place. They come to Capernaum. And in Mark 2, it's interesting who they meet in Capernaum. When I think about the man they met, it reminds me of something that happened to me when I was this age, or a little bit older. I was coming home from school with my twin sister. And I mentioned to her I had a stomach ache. And my mom soon found out he really does have a stomach ache because she had just made these. I could smell them. As soon as I walk in, I could smell them. And I said, no thanks. And she said, you must be sick. I love chocolate chip cookies. In fact, that night at supper, she noticed I hardly touched my food. In fact, I went to bed early thinking, I'll get a good night's sleep. Tomorrow morning, I'll be fine. Didn't happen. Next morning, I hardly touched my breakfast. And she said, are you sure you want to go to school? I said, I'll be fine. But during school, it got worse. Came home the next day. Mentioned to my sister it was worse. She told my mom. And mom said, I think I better take you to the doctor. That's not normal. You know how doctors are. They check you out. Check your heart and everything, your hearing and eyes. And I mentioned my stomach ache. And he said, lay down on my table. So I laid on my back on his table. And I'll never forget what he did. I'm laying there still. He starts doing this. Does that hurt? I said, no. Does that hurt? No. Does that hurt? No. Does Ah! When he hit that certain spot, I about went through the ceiling. Well, you can guess what he said. As soon as I screamed, he said, get him to the hospital. He's got appendicitis. Now, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what appendicitis is. 
All I know is this. I was in that hospital. Longest three days of my life. You know why it was so long? That's what they fed me. And I like to eat. Well, actually, they fed me this way. But you can't, ta- you can't taste it. And I remember after three days, nothing to eat. Pain was gone. I came home. Never had it since. Now, the man in this Bible story in Mark 2, we said he lived in Capernaum. He probably looked like this. He had something much worse than appendicitis. Bible calls it palsy, which simply means he's paralyzed. He's not going to run like this, that's for sure. He can't even feed himself. If there's a fly on his arm, he can't even swat it. He is totally helpless. But even though he seems to be helpless, hopeless, he heard about Jesus and the miracles he did. How he just touched people and they're healed. Remember, he went to that funeral. He goes to the casket. He touches it. The dead person comes out alive. Jesus could do anything. This sick man believed he has to be the son of God. He ha- but the problem is, he can't get to Jesus. He is totally helpless. But you can't say he's hopeless. Because he had four special friends. And these friends he had were not normal. Now when I say not normal, I don't mean not normal in a weird way, <laughs> like this, or like this. When I say they weren't normal... They knew where he lived, and they had some unusual love. Not normal love. Unusual love, here's how I know. They didn't say to him, we're going to go home and pray every day for you. No. They didn't say, we're going to have the whole church pray for you. No. They didn't say, we're going to pray that you can somehow get to Jesus. No. They loved him so much. This is what happens. As you read it there in Mark 2, they knew where Jesus was in a house not very far down the road. You said, Uncle Bob, I can't even see Jesus because of the crowd. (laughs) You're right. Wherever Jesus was, always a crowd. But it's sad. You know why most of the people came? Same reason today why people flock to a circus. Why did they go to a circus? To see something unusual. To see something spectacular like this. People flock to the circus. They flock to see Jesus do miracles. But let's get back to these four friends. They had some unusual love because they didn't just say to him, hold his hand and say, we're going to pray that somehow you can get to... No. Their love was so unusual. I love what they said to him. They said, we will take you to Jesus. And of course, when they said that, they meant, not like this, we will take you bed and all. And I'm sure his bed wasn't like this. (laughs) Four men couldn't carry this. Very simple cot. Two on each end, picked him up, Probably looked like this as they carried him towards the house where Jesus was. But as I think about their unusual love, 
I also know they loved him because as they carried him, they weren't asking this. How far do we have to carry him? He's getting heavy. Or they weren't asking, I hope we get caught in the rainstorm. No. All they cared about was one thing. We got to get him to Jesus. Unusual love, but they also had some unusual problems. <laughs> this is one right here. They get to the house. You're not going to get a bed through that crowd. They had some problems. But I, they didn't just have some unusual love and problems. They had some unusual determination. Because I can just hear one of the guys saying, there's got to be a side door. Let's try the side door. So they back away, come around to the side. It looks the same way. Jam-packed with people. Unusual determination. There's got to be a back door. So they go around to the back. It looked the same way. But they were so determined. They didn't say to the sick man, sorry, we'll have to take you home. Unusual determination because one of them noticed something about this house. He said, did you notice this house has a stairs going to the roof? Which in those days was common. Because a lot of times the house had the porch on the roof. There's stairs going. He says, I've got a plan. I've got a plan. Trust me. And they're thinking, well, taking him up on the roof is better than taking him home. I can see those four guys pushing and pulling and shoving till they got him up the stairs. They got him up on the roof. (laughs) And they say to the guy, what's your plan? Jesus is down there. We're up here. He says, guys, it's simple. Just make a hole in the roof. Let him down to Jesus. (laughs) Well, let's ask these people to step back. And we'll show you what happens. When he said make a hole in the roof... You notice what kind of roof it was. It wasn't like this. (laughs) To make a hole in this roof or this roof, you'd have to have major equipment like this. That roof was so simple. Just boards stacked on top. You just start lifting them off. Pretty soon daylight was coming through. And I would guess as they took those boards off, dust and dirt probably fell on Jesus' head. He didn't care. He knew why they were doing it. So after a few minutes, it probably looked like this. Now you have to remember this poor sick fellow can't move. He can't hang on even. So they had to very carefully say, we're going to let you down to Jesus. Well, I can just see them telling him, we're going to let you down to Jesus So carefully as they could, they began to do this. And when I think about them trying to let him down like this, you know what I wish? I wish I could have been a mouse sitting right here to see the faces of these people. A man on a bed coming, something they didn't see every day. They were very surprised In fact, when the story is all over, remember what it says in Mark 2? The people said, we have seen strange things today. (laughs) That's what it says. He gets all the way down in front of them. And of course, the people in the crowd, you know what they're thinking? They're thinking, oh boy, here it comes. 
He's, go, he's going to touch him. He's going to run away. Remember what happened first? Before he talked to him, Jesus happened to look up. And of course, when he looked up, you know what he saw? He saw the four guys. And it's interesting in Mark 2, when you get home, look it up. What did Jesus notice about those four? I tease the kids and say, he didn't notice how smart they were, but they were smart enough to take him up on the roof and make a hole. Bible doesn't say he noticed their smartness. The Bible doesn't say he noticed their strength. They were strong enough to tear him up there. No. Bible said Jesus noticed their faith. What is faith? Faith is simply believing. Those four believed 100%. If we can get him to Jesus, Jesus will do the rest. That's faith. They believed it so much, they carried him. They believed it so much, they took him up on the roof. They believed it so much, they made a hole in the roof. They believed it so much, they let him down. That's faith. They total faith. But I love this. He gets in front of Jesus, and the people are thinking, okay, he's going to touch him. Remember what happened next? He looked at the sick man. And he said, Mister, your sins are forgiven you. When he said that, the religious leaders heard Jesus say that. They looked at him and they're whispering. Remember what they're whispering? What did he say? Only God can forgive sins. He doesn't have a right to say that. Well, Jesus knows what they're thinking because he is God, he knows everything. So he looks at them and he says to them, got a question for you. His question was, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? They couldn't answer him. And then Jesus proceeded to show them he is the son of God. Because he looks at the sick man again. And this time he looked at him and said, Mr. Take up your bed and walk. When he said to him, take up your bed and walk, that man had never taken one step in his life. But when Jesus said, take up your bed and walk, he didn't look at his four friends and say, did you hear what he said? He said to walk. You think I should try it? Uh Uh-uh. Soon as the words were out of Jesus' mouth, this is what happened. That man who had never walked, Stands to his feet, goes his way rejoicing. And whenever I show kids this picture, I always say to kids, now this doesn't mean you should stand up and start cheering. Jesus is our hero. No. When you see this picture, you should be asking this. Uncle Bob, why did God put this story in the Bible? He could have left it out. What are we supposed to learn from this story? Of course, the main thing is this. Jesus proved he's God. We hopefully learn this. We should be like those four friends. How? Hopefully, we'll have the same kind of faith they had. What kind of faith did they have? They believed with all their heart. If we can get him to Jesus, Jesus will do the rest.
Do we have that much faith in the Lord Jesus today? We think about the people around Mount Pleasant. We can't save them. We can't forgive them of their sins. Only Jesus can do that. But I think before we pray and say, Jesus, save the people in Mount Pleasant, we must be willing to do our part first. They couldn't heal him. They couldn't forgive him of his sins. But there were some things they could do. They could pick him up. They could carry him. They could take off the roof. They could let it. There were a lot of things they could do. And then Jesus did the rest. You've heard the statement before. If we do all we can do, God will do what we can't do. Powerful statement. When I think about doing what we can do, I get back to that law. Something you can do is pray that that law doesn't get changed. There you see those yellow school buses. Pray the law doesn't get touched. And boys and girls will come to Jesus. That's something we can do.